This is Sharman Smith with Taming the Titta. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things on this show today. Now, my name is Sharman Smith, and I'm a 2020 Democratic candidate, president, which just means I am now have filed the paperwork with the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission, in order to be able to run for president. We have to file paperwork, and there's all kinds of fun responsibilities that go along with denying this. Now, the Democrats, in order to participate in their debates, some new rules for the 2020 elections in order to qualify to be in their debate. So let's let's talk about the election process just in general for a few minutes. Our election process is designed where an independent or anybody could win with right in vote. The requirements to be able write-in candidate in every state are so complicated and cumbersome, it is practically impossible to actually do it. The system is designed so you can, and a write-in could win, but it is so complicated, it is practically impossible to do this. And I know that because I tried it in the 2016 election, which is why when I decided to run in 2020, I decided to pursue the DNC's nomination. And that is because, thanks to the Electoral College, the only real way to win is for you to receive 270 electoral votes. And the easiest way to do that is to either receive the nomination through the Republican National Committee or the Democratic National Committee. So it's the DNC or the RNC. You either get a nomination from one of these two groups and you get the electoral votes or you forget the presidency. It's just impossible. Donald Trump filed his paperwork to pursue the RNC's nomination for the 2020 presidential nomination. Uh Shortly after he became uh, the president-elect, I believe he filed his paperwork December of 2016. So he's been collecting donations and paying campaigns after his campaign for 2020 for over two years. I'm very confident that Donald Trump will receive for president. I'm very confident he will be the Republican nominee for president in 2020. That is one of the reasons why there are so many people in the field for the Democratic nomination. The only way to beat Trump and to win this contest is with the DNC's nomination. So when I launched this presidential campaign and I decided to pursue this crazy impossible dream last June of 2018, I I cast a wide net because I knew it was going to be hard in order to, as a nobody, to break into the noise 
of the mainstream media. So I just said that there's over 700 people who have applied and are trying to run for president in 2020. But in the news, we consistently talk about 15 to 20. And it's only these major players who all name recognition with them own their own platform to make noise. It's very hard to make noise when you're a nobody. And the DNC this year decided to make it a little bit different for anybody who wanted to participate in the Democratic debates. And several months ago, they rolled out a policy that said, in order to qualify to be in the Democratic national debates, you have to receive 65,000 individual donations from 65,000 individual people. You get $65,001 donations or 65,000 different signatures, and we'll allow you to participate in our debates. What you have seen for the last of months is everybody coming out of the woodwork. You got Marianne Williamson, you got Corey Booker, you got Bernie. Everybody's coming out of the woodwork and they're all asking for a buck. Everybody needs 65,000 individual donations in order to qualify for the debates. I got an email yesterday or a text message yesterday from some guy named Tim Ryan who wants a buck so he can qualify too. This morning, they changed that number from from 65,000 individual donations to 130,000 individual donations. The field goal will continue to move. No matter what you do, how good you are, or how close you get, the rules always change. And they like to change at the last minute. The first Democratic debate is this month. June 26th and June 27th in Miami, Florida. And in order to be on that stage, you have to get a thousand individual donations to your campaign from 130,000 different people. So this is my pitch. Now is my time when I ask you to please go to actblue.com and search for Charmin, just like the toilet paper only with an S, donate a dollar. The thing that makes me different from the other candidates that I'm hearing who are pursuing the DNC nomination is my number one platform issue is the death penalty for pedophiles and rapists. Right now, while Republicans are pursuing the death penalty for women who get abortions and the doctors who provide them for uh, drug dealers and drug users. Nikki Haley went to the UN and said that we supported the death penalty for LGBTQ community. Heck, even Alabama's trying to pass a law that says they can give the death penalty to people who are part of the LGBTQ community. If now is the time for us to talk about the policy, I'm on board with that, and I'd like to start with the pedophiles and the rapists first. We often talk about our economy and the importance of bringing jobs to our country so that we have plenty of work for all of us Americans to do. And the reality is, is somehow these rapists have pretty good jobs. I haven't exactly figured it out yet, but I was watching the new Ted Bundy movie 
And I couldn't help but notice how similar this individual's personality was, his master manipulator skills, the way he worked women, the way he worked the news, the way he worked the court system. It was incredibly impressive to watch. And having known an actor manipulator and having seen this behavior in action, it was fascinating for me to watch it play out on a movie screen with such a cute actor like Zac Efron. One of the big deals about Ted Bundy, and I, I don't remember it, it, it happened before I was born. I'm not old enough to really remember that part of our, our society. I learn about these things like everybody else does news and movies and documentaries that care about educating us. One of the things that was most fascinating to me about Ted is that he was so handsome and well-spoken. Nobody could believe that he was capable of doing the things that he'd done. And that's certainly something that we experience today. Today, we are seeing rapists all over society, from every corner, from executives and movie in the movie industry to sports players, politicians, judges. Heck, McDonald's has a class action lawsuit for sexual harassment at work. This problem has been around for thousands of years. And pillage have always been the consequences of the spoils of war that this is the way things are. Every abortion law that we hear has a caveat, or at least it used to have a caveat for rape and incest. But at no point in time has our justice system stepped up to do something about the people who are committing rape and incest. It's awful. We see it over and over again. Someone gets a slap on the wrist and they go out and they do it again. We have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of untested rape kits in this country. Detroit tested 10,000 rape kits and came up with over 800 serial rapists. There is a huge problem. We know there's a huge problem and we're not taking the necessary steps to resolve it. Rape is a very complicated conversation right now, especially during this Me Too movement. I constantly hear from, from some men who are scared to death because they don't know how to act around women anymore. They don't know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I don't believe that at all. I have for years been very aware that these men know what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. They just don't care. They keep doing what they know will upset us. Women have done a very good job over the last five to six decades of expressing what it is they like and don't like, what it is, how it is they want to be treated and don't want to be treated. It is sad and unfortunate that there are some people who just won't listen to us. It doesn't matter if we scream and yell. It doesn't matter if we cry and beg. It doesn't matter if we sit calmly and present facts. We're continually told what you're doing is okay. It's not. Everybody knows it's not okay. Everybody knows inappropriate touching is inappropriate. 
They know the jokes have gone too far. And it's time for us to level set expectations and start treating each other like decent individuals. And it's time for us to start punishing the people who are taking advantage of this system. We have a problem with rape and pedophilia in this country. My number one issue is the death penalty for these people because I honestly believe that if we resolve this issue, it resolves the rest of the issues that plague us. We have so many opportunities to come together on health care and wages and and. I mean, quite frankly, if we ended abortion or if we ended rape and incest, it would put a huge dent into abortion and we would stop talking about it. We, we talk ourselves in circles and we get ourselves spun up, but we're not ready to do the hard work in order to resolve the biggest things that plague us. And I know I'm not speaking just for myself. I know that there are people out there who hear me and know this is a problem. We have good men out there. I men. I've been saved by too many good men to believe it is all men. But until the men step up and make bad men suffer the consequences of their actions, we're not going to be able to break the cycle. We're in a cycle of abuse. And it's too many times I've heard good men say, well, I know it happened, but I didn't do it. It's not my problem. And until we all come together and say, this is my problem and I'm going to fight to end it, we're not going to be able to come together. And it's the saddest thing for me because we have such a society of men and women and sex and intimacy is something we need to be discussing. We need to be discussing consent. We need to be discussing um, what is appropriate and inappropriate behavior? Then we gotta stop shaming adults for doing things consensually. One of my biggest one of my biggest beliefs is that I do not care what consenting adults do with other consenting adults. Uh, I have learned in the last few months that there's a lot of group activities taking place amongst consenting adults, and if you can work that out, I support that 100 percent. Whatever consenting adults do together, I support. It's when there's no consent involved that we have to address this issue. And until we can start talking about it and discussing it and really agreeing that we're going to move forward to stop this, it's going to continue, which is one of the reasons why I've decided to run for president in 2020. I, I believe that there is more that unites us and divides us. I refuse to believe that there's anything so wrong with this country that it can't be corrected with a little common sense and compassion. And I believe the quickest and the the, the place we should all start applying our common sense to first is cutting down and seriously be, and, and seriously giving punishments to rapists and pedophiles. It is it is the it's everywhere everywhere i turn lately there is a rape story there's a there it, it every woman i have met has experienced it has experienced sexual assault i'm meeting men who have experienced rape and have been have been abused and mistreated both as children and as adult men it is it is out of control. We are a sex society where sex sells and it's everywhere in everything we do. Our kids are exposed to it as early as they can understand television because it's 
everywhere. And, and we're fascinated by sex. Sex is a wonderful thing. We should be fascinated by sex. We should be talking about all the joys that come from it, the wonderful connection, the intimacy, the, the improvement to your relationships, to your health, to your all the good things that healthy, consensual sex brings to your life everybody wants to enjoy. We have to do something about the unhealthy, non-consensual sex because that's what's destroying relationships. That's what's destroying trust. The fact that the fact that you can't walk down the street without somebody grabbing you, you that women can't walk around at night without fear of being assaulted, we know it's a problem. Instead of making excuses for it, it's time to do something about it. One of the reasons that I am continuing to do this is as I started my last June and, and my platform being the death penalty for pedophiles and rapists, survivors have flocked to me and hearing their stories has reinforced how important this topic is that we discuss it and we address it and we do something about it to end it in our lifetime. This has been going on too long. I have been actively involved with victims who have come forward, helping them pursue justice against their predators. Some of these stories have been the most horrific that I could ever imagine. We, I, I knew that these things were possible, but I didn't know anyone who had experienced them. And this campaign has taught me things that I never knew were possible. And it has shown me how important it is that we discuss this together and we talk about these problems openly. We, we had an opportunity last year during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmations to acknowledge the problems with gang rape in our country. And it was so horrific that people were losing their mind that it was even possible and what this campaign has brought me hasn't just been the possibility, it has been the reality. The reality of the animalistic behavior that is taking place amongst some people who have this master manipulator skill that was so easily on display in this Ted Bundy movie. This, this is a gift that some people have. This ability to sell ice to Eskimos, this ability to convince you to do things for them, even when they're a horrible rapist and murderer. The, the, there's a lot to be said for the masks that people wear. And there are some people out there who have an exceptional ability to hide the monster inside. And it is time for us to start punishing the monsters as soon as we find them. And we have to be aware of their ability to manipulate and twist and convince you believe to do something that you know is wrong. And that gut instinct, when you know something's wrong, but you do it anyways because someone gave you a good story. That 
master manipulator skill taps into that feel, troll it. I have seen in people's eyes where they, they, they glaze over and they're almost under the control of the manipulator. It is terrifying and fascinating. And I have not figured out how to break that mind control. I do know that it is important for you to have a good memory and for you to be able to honestly remember what happened and ignore what it is they're trying to convince you happened. You have to know you. And as we move forward into this campaign season and you start to hear from all the politicians and you start to hear their stories, they're going to play into your gut and your gut is going to get a response. And I 100% hope the response your gut is giving to you with me is sincere ready to know that I will fight this battle with everything that is in me for as long as I live, whether I am running for office or running a radio show. It is my commitment to end rape and failure in my lifetime. If you're interested in supporting that, please go to actblue.com, donate to Sharman Smith for president. I have a book on on called Taming the Teta. When we come back from this break, I'm going to give you a good breakdown of it so that you can get some more information on it. Thank you very much, and I'll speak with you in a few minutes. Hi, everybody. This is Sharman Smith, your 2020 Democratic for president. Now, I promised when I came back, I was going to talk to you a little bit about my book. I'm the author of the book, Taming the Titta. Titta is a Hawaiian word for an aggressive female personality who will fight you. She will reach out and touch you and she will stand up for what she believes and there's no stopping her. Now, I am very aware of the concept of cultural appropriation and that is I don't want to be mis I don't want sharing the concept of the titta to be misconstrued with a pro- with cultural appropriation because what I learned 20 months of living in Hawaii is this personality is evident in every woman I have ever met all over the planet this this titta personality this tough angry woman fight and stand up leaves in. She doesn't get pushed around. She's not going to get told what to do. That I have seen that in every woman, every 
nationality, every state, every country I have ever visited. This exists within all of us. I've, we've seen this attitude in men. Men get complimented for being strong and independent and not putting up with anybody's nonsense. But women get insulted and called bossy and we get called the B word and we get called all kinds of different things. And I'd like to embrace the idea of let's calling it what it is. It's the titta. And none of us are interested in being told there's anything wrong with it. There's a lot of about American women. And the, one of the best things is, is our freedom to be able to express ourselves even when we let our titta loose. And I want all the women who hear this message everywhere in the world to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, now's time to let your tittle loose. This concept that they can continue to manipulate us and control us and tell us we are not experiencing what we've to get over it. We're overreacting. We're making something out of nothing. That's a lie. And they're trying to manipulate us and control us. This is one of the master manipulator moves that has been so successful throughout history. And I, I, I love it because I am a woman and I will openly admit that I have fallen for this many times. I don't want to believe the situation is as bad as it looks. I want to believe it's not that bad. I want to believe this person would not ever do this thing. I want to believe them when they swear on their dead mama's lies. I want to believe them when they swear on their children. And my gut tells me not to, but my heart tells me to give them a chance anyways. And what I've had to learn is to stop listening to my heart and start listening to my gut. Because repeatedly, it has not ever failed. My gut was always right. And if I'd have listened to my gut, I would have avoided some... <laughs> very educational experiences that I clearly needed to learn a valuable lesson from. One of the things that the universe has shown me in the last year through this process is that when the universe wants something done, the universe gets it done. When I wrote this book, when the idea came to me shortly after the 2012 election, it was literally a joke in my house. Because it's a it's the The Hawaiian word is there. I, I didn't learn that word until I moved to Hawaii. But the book is a fictional story about politics, religion, and a reality TV show capable of giving Republicans a candidate to beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. Pages of proof. I self-published January of 2015. Trump announced his campaign six months later. Things I wrote played out in real life, just not the way I wrote them. I wrote a beautiful uniting story about eradicating pedophilia and rape in our lifetime, uniting our nation and the world behind this common cause. I used each chapter of the book 
and each week in the series of the reality show to address major issues that were taking place across our country and across the world and putting a different sin on how to under. When <laughs> one of my favorite chapters was chapter 21. And when Trump came out and said that he was going to drain the swamp, I laughed. Because the reality is, is you can't drain a swamp unless you know how the swamp was created. And I give an excellent Duck Dynasty reference in chapter 21 to explain how the swamp's created, what happens in the swamp, and how you destroy the swamp. It's If I'd have known that phrase, drain the swamp, you can bet. I'd have used it. It's much nicer to say drain the swamp than it is to say I use a Duck Dynasty reference to explain the importance of income fluidity within our economy. That sounds smart. Drain the swamp sounds simple. The book is fascinating to me because each chapter addresses a topic that is actively being discussed in politics right now. When I addressed abortion, I shared my story that my mother was a pro with a coat hanger. I hear about coat hanger abortions every day, and it's almost like people don't believe it's real. They don't know what it's like to have someone in their life tell them, I always knew there was something wrong with you because I couldn't get rid of you. My mother told me that for 24 years until she died. She was pro with the coat hanger. She terminated multiple things and not all her own. You say whatever you want to say, but she sounds like a have, especially when abortion was illegal. You find somebody who knows what they're doing and they can do it. She terminated plenty of pregnancies, plenty of her own, and she didn't want me. And she tried to terminate my pregnancy multiple times to the point that she was able to go to a naval hospital in 1975. Abortion was legal, but rare. And she got medical authorization from a Navy hospital to give me an abortion, to get me aborted, get rid of me. We were living in Newport, Rhode Island, which is the tiniest little island. island. I mean, it's five from one side to the other. Where my mother was living at the time, she got in her car and drove to the hospital half a mile away. A traffic jam locked down the whole island for hours. She told me her biggest regret was not getting out of the car and walking to the hospital because she could have walked to the hospital in time to make her abortion appointment. And when she when the traffic finally let up and she finally made it to the hospital to reschedule, the hospital refused to allow her to reschedule because they felt whatever that traffic jam was that prevented her from getting an abortion was good enough reason for them not to schedule it again. I hear about these coat hanger abortions every day, but you don't know what it's like to be raised by a mama that don't want you. You don't know what it's like to be raised by a daddy who only wants you for all the wrong reasons. And that is clearly the story I'm here to share because that's the life that I have lived for over 40 years. I know what it is like to be born to a mother that doesn't want you and a father that you for all the wrong reasons. The sexual abuse that I survived at his hands had been something that has traumatized my life and impacted my personality 
for my entire life. And it has certainly made me the person I am today. It is absolutely why I am so adamant that we have to do something to stop these sexual predators. We have to give harsh punishments. I fully support the death penalty for pedophiles. I fully support the death penalty for rapists. As you get to know me farther, you'll hear some crazy, crazy stories that even include celebrities. All of this has come together for a reason because the universe wants this handled. There's so many topics within the book that mirror current events. It is a much better read post-election than it was pre-election. I have had people go back and read the book and come to me and say, how did you know? How? How? I don't understand. And I can't explain it to you. I can tell you that I, I forced myself to sit down and start writing this book in 2014. I forced myself to sit down for an hour every day for months and write something. And then in the summer of 2014, I hit a trance. For two weeks, I bled over 300 pages. And when I snapped out of that trance, St. Louis was burning because Michael Brown and Robin Williams had suicide. I fantasized and I wrote the book about the first dude. Robin Williams was my first dude. And his death absolutely destroyed me. And there were so many similarities to what was going on in the real world, to what was I had written in my book. It was absolutely terrifying. I bundled the book up and I shipped it to a publisher and they made me an offer within 24 hours. But they wanted to take a year to produce it and I needed it done before Christmas. I wasn't able to get it done before Christmas. I got it done in January. January of 2015, a full six months before Trump announced his campaign. I'm glad I didn't take the whole year. I'm glad I pushed it through for myself so I could see the way this played out in the stream. This really is one books that have ever been written. And I don't toot my own horn. I have had people come up to me and tell me the way I twisted these words, the way I presented it just gave them chills and they loved it. And it was amazing. And they can't wait until it's more mainstream and everybody reads this because this is so amazing. I have had marketers come to me and tell me that I should be marketing the book from the perspective that I should have been president in 16 and we have an opportunity to fix it in 20. But for me, and knowing how complicated the system is in order to break into it, I know there's going to have to be more than that. It's not going to be able to be just a book. I thought the book would do it. The book didn't do it. It's not going to be able to be just a movie. The movie will be great. You guys will love it. I promise. The screenplay's fantastic. There's going to have to be a scandal. And I desperately did not want that. I, I can't tell you how desperately I did not want that. And I have known for a couple of years now, because I started politics in 15, and 
my husband was not supportive of my interest in pursuing politics. It was a very big issue. And right after the election in 16, he told me that he has skeletons in his closet that he wouldn't share. And campaigns bring out everything. And I have learned things about my husband of 15 years. We have been together for over 17 years now. I've learned things in the last few months that I never knew were even possible. And there's really nothing I can do about it but sit back and wait because something like this will come out eventually, especially when you're involved in politics and you're trying to be a public person. Your life is no longer private. And it has been devastating, and I have been grateful for the silence and the time to adapt to the knowledge that I have learned and to prepare for what is coming next. For me to tell you that I am in the nastiest divorce in history sounds like an understatement. (laughs) It just is what it is. And it's certainly something that I alluded to would be a possibility within the book, It's certainly something I have known was going to be something I would have to address and deal with for a long time. No marriage is perfect. No situation is perfect. We all make compromises. I certainly wanted to believe all the stories I was told. I wanted to believe that I had the family I thought I had. I have fallen for the master manipulator moves that many of us have fallen for too. But I have also had the opportunity with a good memory to question events. And because the universe conspires in my favor, there have been multiple times where I have saved documentation that has made things much clearer later on. So the book does talk a little bit about my family. It talks about some of the issues that we have gone through and what we had thought we had overcome. And it certainly leads an air of mystery that will be resolved in books two and three. Timmy Kitta is part of the Chain the World trilogy. It was never an intention for this just be one book. It was always the intention for the book to be multiple books. After I published the first book and there were so many similarities to actual events, I was confused as to how to write the next two books. I didn't know what direction things were supposed to go because I hadn't anticipated skeletons in a closet. I thought that I had done an excellent job interviewing a first dude when I was single. I don't know if you remember listening to my radio show on my birthday, November the 1st, but I talked about how we met and how the first night we went on a date together, he told me he wanted to be president and asked me if I could be the first lady. And I told him I wanted to be president and asked him if he could be the first man. His job would be tougher than mine. And I really beyond a shadow of a doubt, the nation deserves a better first man than that. I deserve a better husband than that. And my children deserve a better father. Most people can look at Bill Clinton and say, I don't know what a first dude is supposed to be, but it's not it. And I can tell you truthfully, I don't know what a first dude is supposed to be either. 
but I'm sure I haven't found one to give to you. And that is why I will be running for president as a single woman. And I will be pursuing the nomination without a husband by my side. Trust me, we're all better off. If you're interested in seeing me on the debates, because I promise you to give an entertaining show and address every political issue that we discuss from a new angle and a new presentation that can connect the dots and make our system move smoothly. We do not have to recreate this wheel. We just have to improve the way it moves. If you're interested in giving me an opportunity, please go to actblue.com and search for Charmin, S-H-A-R-M-I-N. I promise you I'm the only Charmin running for president and donate dollars to my campaign. You can also get a copy of my book, Taming the Titta, at Amazon on Kindle for free, or you can order it online from any online retailer. I look forward to speaking with you in a few moments. Hello, this is Sharman Smith. I'm running for president in 2020. I'm the author of Taming the Titta, and I'm your host here on this radio show once a week, every Thursday, 10 p.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I'd like to thank you for listening in today and give you just a little bit more information before our hour closes out. One of the many things that I have learned throughout this campaign is that People are going to say things about you, whether they're true or whether they're false, and some people are going to believe it, and some people aren't going to believe it. And, and I think we all know that, right? It's not just about politics. That's about life. People talk about you. They say things about you. I always like to give people something to talk about. It was kind of one of my things. With a name like Charmin, I've heard it all. You know, I, 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 I've developed a weird sense of humor about it, and I like to tell jokes and poke fun at myself, and I, I don't really mind making fun of myself or putting myself out there. I find it entertaining. So running for politics, for president, whatever people are going to say about me, that's fine. I have a personal mantra. People with integrity just expect to be believed. And when they're not, they wait for time to prove them right. And because I believe I have integrity, I do expect to be believed, and I have had opportunities in the last few months where I have come forward on issues and have not been believed. And I will openly admit that patience is not a virtue I was blessed with. It has been incredibly difficult 
difficult for me to wait for time to prove me right. But I'm looking forward to it. Time can't go on forever. They it's all going to come out of that. story. Y'all want to be in The thing that I've seen the most from politics for the last couple of years, Trump's crazy, but at least he's entertaining. Y'all want to be entertained? I got some entertainment coming for you. You're going to see things that you never thought you were going to see in the next couple of months. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for all these stories to break loose. People can say whatever they want to believe. People are going to fall for the lies of master manipulators. They're smooth charming they're calm and cool and collected and they're very um conniving they're very calculated they can plan very well they're it's easier to believe a master manipulator than it is to believe someone who's telling the truth because the person who's telling the truth may not have those manipulator skills they're just telling you the truth but because they're emotional or they cry or not calculated with how they deliver their truth they're not believed master manipulators like ted bundy and donald trump these these people who can convince anyone to do anything even when they know it's wrong I'm not from those people. We see them everywhere. We deal with them. We have to be willing to call them out. We have to be willing to prove that they have done things wrong. And we have to be willing to be called a liar until people believe it. Really sucks. Gosh, I hate being called a liar. It's my worst thing. I can't even lie. I'm the worst liar. I always, I don't ever do anything wrong because I always get caught. Bounce check one time, ended up arrested. You guys will find out everything about me. There are people in this world who can do bad things and get away with it and never get caught. And there are people in this world who can't do squat wrong because they get caught with everything. And that's who I want to be a politician. That's who I want running my budget. That's who I want making the back deals negotiations. So it's in the best interest of everyone and not the few. Right now, what we have in our politics is an entire Congress and then hundreds of people who are excellent master manipulators who aren't willing to tell the truth, who aren't willing to work for the best interests of the common, the bulk of the people in this country. And it's very possible. And so we find who is a manipulator and cares about people that we're going to continue to have these manipulators in our office because for some reason we like they're charming we know they're lying to us we know what they're saying isn't true but the way they say it so we let's continue i think that's going to be our biggest challenge to overcome through this next election because we are getting smarter. People are seeing it all. Politicians playing us. We're tired of the system being rigged. We're tired of things not going right. We're very aware that just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral. And, and I am not the morals police. I don't care what consenting adults do. Seriously. 
there's some crazy stuff going on out there. I don't want anything to do with that. Y'all do what you got to do. Keep it to yourselves. We have to be smart about the lies we're being told. We're getting smarter every day. Amazing politicians, amazing people are running for office every day because they can see through the BS and they're willing to wave the BS flag. It is time for us to stop pushing the I believe button. I know how easy it is to just push the I believe button and want to believe whatever story is being told to you. I I know how easy it is to just go with the flow and not fight the status quo. But it is time for all of us to stop pushing the I believe button. Wave the BS flag. And all of us come together to make this the world we deserve to live in. The nation we deserve to live in. We, we have to come together and step into our role to make this society one that we actually want to be in. Because the things the children are learning now, I don't really think are appropriate for children. I don't think they're appropriate for adults and to do who are out of control. These master manipulators, these rapists, these pedophiles, they have a skill of grooming people. And you believe their story. You want to believe whatever it is they've said. They're attractive, they're charming, they're funny, they're successful, there's something about them. Pay attention. And when I call them on it, keep track. They don't lie about one thing. They, they won't, if they lie little stuff, they'll lie. The way is to catch them in a lie and you acknowledge it's a lie even if they you not you're going off a manipulator is out there right now about narcissists it's a very common phrase everybody's using it they want to talk about narcissists and empaths and the relationships between them everybody's a little bit narcissistic everybody's a little empathic people definitely need empathy in their lives but we're all of identity bs we're all capable of saying oh, this doesn't make sense to me that's eh, a good story i'd like to believe it probably shouldn't I I know it's difficult, and we've all gone through it. I mean, think about Sarah Palin said something when, when her and McCain were running about how we weren't going to take it, get taken advantage of anymore. Okay, until we do something to identify the people who are taking advantage of people and get that under control, the only way we can fix this is to work for ourselves and address these people personally and believe our gut and our gut says it does sense we're gonna have to stick with our gut 
I know it's complicated. I know it's frustrating. I know that the, the world and politics just keeps getting worse every day. And I'm, I'm here to tell you this 130,000 change is just going to ratchet up every political advertisement you see on Facebook, on Twitter, on the news. Everybody's going to get more aggressive because most of the candidates were close to the $65,000 donation, 65000 um, individual mark. Now they're going to have to push to double it. And they've got two weeks to do it. So it's not just me. It's going to be Cory Booker. It's going to be Marianne Williams. You're going to be getting heavy from, from Elizabeth Warren. There's plenty of people who are in this race right now who are good politicians, and they're not guaranteed a seat on the Democratic debates yet. The news talks about them every single day like they're a done deal. But they're not guaranteed a seat on that stage yet either. And this is really an opportunity where a nobody could come in and step up and shake things up from the core straight to the soul of our nation. We, this is a rare opportunity in time. This is a time where a nobody, where somebody who is just like the rest of us and just angry enough to do something about it really can. I would like to have that opportunity. If you are interested in ending rape, ending pedophilia, bringing our nation together and fixing the problems that plague us so that we have the kind of society that we all want to live in, that we all deserve to live in, I hope you will donate to my campaign. You can find me at actblue.com. My name is Sharmin, S-H-A-R-M-I-N, just like the toilet paper, only with an S. I'm smarter, I'm stronger, I smell better than the TP, and I will clean up D.C. D.C. doesn't need just any old TP. Trump, Pence, Trump, Putin, they just spread the mess around. It is time for a more a stronger, more reliable product in D.C., and that is why I would like to go. Sharman Smith for president, please go to actblue.com, donate to my campaign. If you're interested in learning more about my policies and my perspectives on every issue, including gun control, that is plaguing our nation today, you can get a copy of my book at amazon.com. You can get it on Kindle, free on Kindle Unlimited. I look forward to speaking with you again next week and bringing to you more information in regards to how we unite our nation and stop falling for the mass manipulators. These manipulators are only interested in dividing and conquering us. It is when we all come together and we fight as one that we will defeat them. And it is what we deserve. We deserve to win. Our kids deserve a good country, a good place to live, and a good set of values to be able to grow into. So I hope you'll support me for president. My name is Sharman Smith from Taming the Teta. Have a wonderful day today. Thank you.